What's Better Today? And welcome to the Leadership Advantage podcast by Dr. John Kenworthy. The Leadership Advantage isn't some magic pill or silver bullet to instant success as a leader. I'm sharing the art and neuroscience of hacking expert leadership to unstuck your potential in life and work. Hey there, this is John and welcome to this episode of the Leadership Advantage, Finding Your Goldilocks Zone. Goldilocks is fast asleep when the bears return. She found her perfect bed, not too big and not too soft. After eating her fill of the perfect porridge, it wasn't too hot and wasn't too sweet. Goldilocks had tested the beds upstairs and fell into a deep sleep. The three bears were none too pleased with this breach of neighbourly etiquette and devour Goldilocks. Or Goldilocks jumps out of a window and is never seen again. Or Goldilocks explains how hungry and tired she was and befriends the forgiving bears and they all live happily ever after. Which version do you believe as the story for your life? The version usually shared with your kids probably has mama, papa and baby bear and Goldilocks escapes, is rescued from the woods by her mother and vows never to dare go in the woods again. It's the expectation that if you ever dare to find that sweet spot in your life, someone will come and immediately take it away from you for being undeserving and you can never go back to find it. And so you allow stress to build in your life You work way too many hours and spend far longer than anyone should in pointless meetings. And then someone tells you that you must find your life-work balance as you chuckle inwardly that anyone still believing that myth is deluded. The life-work balance myth. I meet a few people who have found their work and life balance. To most, though, it remains a myth or a mirage in the desert of a stressful life. We've bills to pay and children to feed, a demanding boss and impossible deadlines to meet. Who has time to exercise, eat healthy and well play with the kids, have quality time with your partner, spend time with the family, enjoy fulfilling friendships outside work, participate in sports and be active in the community, let alone give back to society. And we all know that our time here is limited and we are here for but a breath. There simply isn't time to have our cake or our porridge and eat it. Most people I meet through my work are way out of balance. Work has taken over and become the focus of all energies. Everything else is put to one side in a pretense that one day you'll come back to it and then something snaps. There has to be more to life than this. There has to be more to life 
than this. Work, like the big bear's bed, can become too hard and like his porridge, too lumpy. It's tempting to escape out of the window and run away and become a corporate refugee, seeking the solace and comfort of entrepreneurship. Or you might compromise and choose to make a radical shift to do something you love and enjoy, but still pays a reasonable salary. The world used to refer to this as a midlife crisis, only it is no longer the exclusive prevue or domain of men in their early 50s who trade the wife for a younger model and suddenly have a desire to drive a red sports car. Now it's a crisis that can hit at any age and several times. What matters most at this point is that you choose to be at cause for your life and less at the effect of your boss. So what is this all about corporate refugees? Fleeing the corporate world is a desire of many. Continuing doing what you do well, but without the craziness of fat cat shareholders demanding bosses and all those meetings. Instead, the lure of entrepreneurship tolls its bell and many set up shop. Only now there's no salary and the demanding boss is replaced by an even more demanding client if you are fortunate enough to secure one of those and there's not enough money to pay people to do the drudge work. So are you an entrepreneur building a business that employs others or are you a freelancer? I get to meet an increasing number of young entrepreneurs who have followed their passion and their desire to set up in business as a means of avoiding the corporate rat race. Only to find that daddy's generosity does have an end point and suddenly the overheads and burn rate are too much to bear. Sadly, many realise too late that the skill set for running a business is not their strength. And even though they are the founder, it is not always essential to be the CEO. With bills to pay, many corporate refugees return within two years. Beyond that, and few make it back to that golden land of salarydom. A compromise is made. Some choose to return to a corporate salary as being safe and secure, even at the expense of a personal life. A few brave souls stick it out, scrambling for a few crumbs at the freelancer's table. But then there are those who planned and chose to be a cause. They followed their passion and leveraged their talents and strengths to provide a product or service the world needs and that they want to pay for. Those few, those mighty few, found their Goldilocks zone. They have found their sweet spot. So how do you go about finding your Goldilocks zone? This Goldilocks zone is that sweet spot, that place where four parameters cross. It's what I'm good at, what I love to do, 
what the world needs and what I get paid for. It's based on the Japanese concept of Ikigai or reason for being. You can find your Goldilocks zone in corporate work or in a small business, perhaps a charity or an NGO. It's that place where passion meets profit and talent meets a need. Let's take a brief look at each of the four parameters and how you can choose to be at cause for your career or business and find your own Goldilocks zone. So we start with, what am I good at? Do you know what you are good at doing? Do you know your talent? Surprisingly, few people know their own talent. If I were to ask you now, you might struggle to reply. Sure, there are some things that you know that you do well, but is that a talent? Is it a, a real strength? I'll share a few simple exercises and worksheets that you can use later to work through this in your own time. For now, I'd like you to think of three things that you do well on a regular basis. When you compare your ability in this area to your immediate peers, your friends, your family, that is what you would consider to be a strength. You'll know one of mine is cooking. I am gifted in the culinary arts. Not all dishes. You may recall an earlier episode where I confessed my lack of skills in the pastry kitchen. I'm most certainly better at cooking than most people. And sadly, a lot better than most professional chefs. I have a talent. In part because I have a natural gift, and in greater part because I have practiced a great deal and do so daily. I'm also very good at tech, and I can teach. These you already know about me, but what about you? What do you do better than others, perhaps more rapidly, perhaps to a better standard? Make a mental note for now and a proper note later on in the worksheet. Now we know what you're good at. Let's see what you enjoy. What do I enjoy? Where are plenty of American Idol contestants who had a great deal of passion and little talent. William Hung comes worryingly back to my mind, but there have been plenty more. The reality TV series loved to focus attention on contestants who were loud and proud and utterly tone deaf. But they were passionate, and that passion drives people to do crazy things as well as good things. Let's consider what you thoroughly enjoy doing. For me, I love to cook. It's my relaxation and time of innovation. I can play in my mind and have fun when I cook. Even under stressful conditions, I still love the challenge, which highlights for me something else I really enjoy, a challenge. Not too much, not too difficult, but stretched just beyond my comfort zone. And I love the aha moment when someone I'm coaching achieves a breakthrough. Just for a while, I can enjoy the feeling of being a part of that breakthrough. So, my three, I thoroughly enjoy to cook. I love a suitable challenge. 
and I love helping people achieve those breakthrough moments. What about you? What do you get? That rush of love, that proudful moment, a deep desire to repeat and make a difference. Now you have your strengths and possibly your talents. How do these fit in what you thoroughly enjoy to do? So what does the world need that fits your strengths and passions? What the world needs now is love, sweet love, in the immortal words of Bert Baccarat. It's great to know what you are great at doing and that you would enjoy doing it. But perhaps the world simply isn't ready for it. It will save you a lot of time and a great deal of heartache if you figure out what the world needs that you can and would enjoy doing. See, there are two important days in your life. The first is when you were born. The second is when you find out why. And I have some wonderful news for you. There is definitely someone somewhere who needs what you can do for them. And when you love to meet something that the world needs, you have found your mission in life. You have had your second day. I know for sure that the world needs to eat and they need to eat more healthily. You'll agree. Since I love to cook and I am decently good at it, I could, for example, set up a soup kitchen, a restaurant, a cafe, or I could work for a company that does that. Okay, so I've actually been there, seen it, done it, and got the t-shirt. And for sure, I had found a very good niche for me, but I wanted more. I needed a challenge and I, I, I was not getting that aha moment. And working fewer hours, well, that would be really nice. What do you do well that you enjoy doing that the world needs? And now I'm going to tell you to forget about what the world needs and focus on what they want. Because slightly... The slightly more important question is not what it needs, but what they want and will pay for. A lot of my own work is in leadership development, as you'll know. What I always find fascinating is that it is never the people in the workshop room who need this training the most. They always tell me that their bosses should be on this programme. And there are plenty of frustrated inventors and innovators in the world. Think of Polaroid PolarVision a forerunner of video, Google Glass, New Coke, the Apple Newton, DeLorean cars, Betamax, and the Ford Edsel. Watch any Shark Tank or Dragon's Den show and often young and always enthusiastic wannapreneurs pitch their fantastic life-changing product to the completely unenthusiastic response of would-be backers. You know, people will pay for something that they want, which may not be the same as what they need. For example, 
people will pay to eat a burger and fries knowing that this is not good for them. People will buy and use a PMD instead of walking, even when walking is a better choice for their good health and life. They don't need a PMD. It's just fun, faster and easier. So indeed, the world needs to eat more healthily, but do they want to and will they pay for it? Which neatly brings us to the fourth element in finding your Goldilocks zone. What you can get paid for. It's very, very laudable to have a clear mission that you are passionate about. Using your strengths and talents that you love to use to provide something that the world needs. But who will pay your bills? This is where it can be a bit tempting to fall back into the rat race of doing what you can do for money, otherwise known as a profession. If you don't love it and the world doesn't really need it, then you will soon face another crisis of finding purpose in life, let alone balance. It can also be tempting to focus only on meeting a world need for money, a vocation, even if you are honestly not terrifically good at it, nor do you particularly enjoy doing it. I've met a whole lot of teachers who would fit in this spot. Let's come back to you. You have some idea of what you are good at doing and surely you know what you love to do. What does the world need that will benefit greatly from your strengths and talents and can you do this in such a way that you get paid to do so? It's all about getting your balance right. And of course, not neglecting that life is about much more than work. So how do we go about finding the balance, that perfection in life of the Goldilocks zone? You can choose to be at cause for your life and career by identifying a way to use your strengths and talents to do something that the world needs and will pay for that, you will thoroughly enjoy doing. Maybe it's not possible in your work right now, but you can do it for your home life. Because the same reasoning applies. Instead of the world's needs, seek to fulfill your family's needs. And you'll pay. Well, that's love and affection. Consider your health life too. What can you do well enough that you enjoy doing for your own good health? Your spiritual life, your personal development life. Ultimately, find your Goldilocks zone for all six areas of your life. Your work or career, your personal development, your family life, relationships, spiritual life and your health and well-being life. When you find your Goldilocks zone, it will become effortless to keep it in balance. I've created a couple of worksheets for you to help you find your Goldilocks zone. To get these, you'll need to log into the vip.advantage.online with your Simplero ID and password, and you'll be able to access these for free. And if by any chance you haven't got your Simplero ID yet, just register for free by following that same link on the show notes using the same email address as I sent your email, and then they won't get two sets up. 
share this with a friend, somebody you know who needs to find some balance in their life. Be blessed. Enjoy a fantastic week ahead. I hope that you really enjoyed this episode and will share some highlights with the people you care about most. My team and I are working on a series of exciting new projects in this art and neuroscience of hacking expert leadership to unstuck your true potential in life and work. To learn more, visit leadershipadvantage.com or just search for Dr. John Kenworthy and connect with me.